I'm Roderick Williams, and I'm a baritone. I'm Ian Burnside, and I play the piano. And here we are embarking on the Holy Trinity of uh, the leader world, Rod. Here in Wigmore Hall itself. The sacred temple. Yeah, yes, exactly. Dedicated to the Holy Trinity. I think we better stop this religious imagery pretty soon. Well, yes, it, well, yeah, at least with the, the music we're singing, it doesn't suffer too much from that. But it's only that I think that the challenge was initially um, given to us here at the Wigmore Hall by John Gilhooley, that um, uh, the two of us, I mean, you've presumably performed the Holy Trinity of Schubert song cycles many times before. I've never performed it as a trinity, actually. Uh-huh. I've performed all of it individually and in bits. Yes, yeah. But I've never done the, the ring cycle, as yeah. it were. Yes. Boom, boom, boom. I never had asked you, because, of course, it's a bit like um, comparing lovers in some sort of <laughs> way, but I never asked you how many times <laughs> you had performed well, any of them. I mean, I, lots, I, of, lots of times. A gentleman never tells. I think I've done Schoen Müller in more than the others. But, yes, I've, I've had various partners at various stages. And presumably, I'm pressing further for more details here, presumably with, with tenors or...? Uh, I've done tenor, baritone, bass baritone, uh-huh. maybe even bass. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, and I've played in every key known to man. Yeah. Yes, and and in between as well, when exactly. as required, which is actually very useful for me. But we might come on to that later. We might come on to yeah. that. And for you, it's been quite quite the journey already. I think. Well, yes, because we're now almost at the end of my own personal exploration of them, only because the first date is looming. But the Schönermüllerin is the first of the three, and uh, and it comes up in the autumn. So it's good that we ha- I have it under my belt now. Like I want to say we, but uh, as I mean, as I say, you done this before so i would sort of speak about myself in that term so. no but i think we is good because we've we've had how i don't know how many times we've done it now six or seven yeah something like that that's right and and i think it, it really is beginning to gel yeah and I, yes I, I certainly feel good about that yes and what's also rather nice is we've got a few more between now and then rather than just leaving it yeah. um we, we've got a few more and the, again as then winterizer comes up in march that's right yeah. and schwanigazang then in may does that feel good to you uh, of next year we also have a few tryouts of those beforehand. And when I say tryouts, you know, we've done them several times over the last couple of years, but yeah. still it's good to get them yeah. into our bodies. And of course, you have to do what I don't, which is not look at music. <laughs> and uh, for which I go down on my knees daily to thank the Lord <laughs> and praise him for not making me do that. But uh, uh, you're smiling broadly at this, but I, I don't envy you. It's a huge ask, isn't it? Well, I think it's important that at least one of us has the copy in front of them <laughs> in case things do go alive. Plan B. But, uh, plan yeah, B. Plan B, exactly. But um, but you seem quite confident about that now, I think, don't you? It's getting there, yes. And there's nothing quite like repetition. Also, in the, in the crucible of performance, because however much one rehearses them, it's not the same as looking people in the eye and trying to recall these texts, trying to find a journey all the way through. It's wonderful to be able to do it in performance. I think a lot of the prejudices that I'd had about these Schubert cycles I'd brought with me, and they're connected in a funny way to the Wigmore Hall. As I came, came out to the initial uh, sentence I said about John Gilhooley issuing us the challenge uh, in the green room downstairs here at the hall. It was after we did the Relstab settings yeah. uh, from, from Schwanigazang, yes. in the second half of an unrelated concert, wasn't it? It was Britain yeah. and, and, and what have you that he put backstage and issued the challenge, threw the glove down on the floor. So we must have been doing something right. Yes, yes, exactly. He probably just wanted to hear the highness settings and said, (laughs) you know, why not you do the whole thing? But it was, he at least gave us two and a half, three years warning. Yeah, that was marvellous, yeah. And I knew it would take that time to get up to scratch. Yeah, yeah. 
But uh, there's something about stepping onto this stage of all stages and singing that music. I think it's partly because I know that the audience, not only do they know the music really well, but they've also heard so many remarkable performances, not just of my friends' contemporaries, uh, but of yeah. previous generations here. So uh, all these ghosts that I bring on to well, the stage. Well, the photos of whom we look at yeah, yes. nervously while... Yes chewing our knuckles before going on. I mean, do, do you feel pressured by that? How do you how do you cope with that? Well, I, I think I did feel pressured by that beforehand, before doing this work, um, to the extent that I didn't put myself in the firing line. The more I think about it and scrabble for excuses as to why I've never attempted the, the three Schubert cycles professionally, up until you know, halfway through my 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 life, <laughs> always supposing I survive <laughs> and sing that long. But the reason why I, I I had avoided them, I guess, is partly because of those ghosts yeah. and those prejudices. So yes, I, I I do feel them. I'm now at a stage, performing them with you, that I feel much less pressure. I've begun to see more clearly that these ghosts are of my own making. These are my own illusion. And particularly in talking to audiences, both a little bit beforehand, as is my won't, and I tend to give a thought for the day if it's appropriate, but also in Q&As afterwards, I realise that that audiences tend to be very forgiving. Yeah. Or, or at least they're not as, I don't know, antagon- openly antagonistic as I had somehow imagined. Yes, the, yes. Or, or we're... we're we're overthinking what their responses exactly, might be. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And, and what you say about um, uh, uh, reading the score at the piano, the, the, the other part of that is that you are at 90 degrees to the uh, to yeah. the audience and you've got something... Blessedly. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it just means I, of course, when I look at the audience, I've got nothing else to look at. I, I examine them over sure. the course of an hour and their responses are, are hugely important to me, um, whether they realise it or not. Uh, just the other day, um, uh, performing Miller in with you, I was aware that a gentleman who was obviously having a great time was mouthing the words. And, and you know, why shouldn't he? It's a piece he knows well, and he's having a, a lovely time. But of course, for a moment, I thought he was trying to prompt me or, or something, <laughs> and it, it, it can distra- it can distract me for a moment. But actually, I just that's the reason why I like performing them. Uh, many times in front of different audiences that I get used to distractions and and the variety of response too. Yeah, I guess exactly, exactly. I'm I'm also struck by how many when I do take a sneaky look, uh, I'm struck by the difference of some people head down following every word religiously and others really just taking it in on a, a different level. Maybe they're fluent Germans because of whatever, mm. or maybe they just listen in a different way. And I think these are among the great works of Western civilization. Mm. And as with Shakespeare and the rest, you can take them on so many different levels. Mm. I mean, it's a huge cliche, but it is, I think, an eternal truth that you can take them in so many different ways. Yes. Uh, Do you remember there was uh, when we were first doing Mullerin, in fact, and I was explaining to the audience beforehand that I wasn't at this point able to to do it from memory, so I was using my score, and I invited them. I said, I'm going to have my head down looking at these words, so please do take the opportunity to have your heads down as well and look at the text and be able to follow the German and the English in in real time. And I was struck as I did that how many of the people ignored that yeah. Advice. Yeah. And and I said to them, as I always say, you're of course welcome to listen your own way. This was merely me thinking out loud, as it were. But many people put their texts and translations down on their lap and just looked up for the whole thing. As you say, maybe they were German speakers. Maybe they learnt, know it very well, or maybe they just let the music yeah. work. Maybe you don't need to know what every word means to feel the emotion mm-hmm. behind it. Mm-hmm. 
It seems a it seems a strange thing to say, but I think you're absolutely right. Well, if you're a baby having a lullaby sung to you yeah. on your as your mother rocks you to sleep, do you understand yeah. lule lula? Yeah, I very much. Doubt yes, it. but you get the message. Yeah, and I and I and I've grown used to the idea that the music, uh, the musical expression, is so powerful that it can right. easily. And actually, you do sing a lullaby at the end of Shalom. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. So there And you I go. do sing lule lula if things go badly <laughs> wrong. But uh, <laughs> yeah, with the German accent. Is it worth just um, pinpointing some thoughts about the individual cycles? Sure, sure, sure. Worth, so. Um, Shunda Muller and you have to take a few years off yourself, don't you? Yes. Uh, and this has been a hugely exciting part of the process, shedding a few years. I mean, just as it happens, in these past 12 months, I've been doing a lot of operas that require me to be at least half my age. So on Yegin, for example, Eugene on Yegin and Billy Budd, I feel I've been playing young men yeah. a great deal. Now, of course, on stage in those roles, I've had the benefit of some uh, black hair dye. A bit of this and that. <laughs> yeah, quite a lot of this and that, actually. <laughs> but in terms of a recital of Dishon and Miller, it's all through imagination, uh, both the audiences and ours as well. But I've found it hugely compelling to be inside the mind of, well, I was about to say this young man, but of course I, it's inside my own memories of my hapless teenage years and what have you. And it's a beautiful place to be. I realise how much the music gives me in terms of that buoyancy, particularly in the first first few songs, maybe the first yeah. 10, 15 songs. Uh, really, really babble. Yes, yeah. I think yeah. so, yes. I'm sure not everyone listening to this podcast knows you, you have a very delightful teenage son. Does it, <laughs> does it help having a window into his world as well, do you it, think? It, it does a little, uh, though actually it was in conversation with my uh, two... They're no longer teenagers, they're a bit older than that, but my two daughters in particular, that while on holiday we were able to talk a little bit about the current scene, dating game sort of thing, and just realising that the story of the young Miller in Wilhelm Miller's time is absolutely poignant and mm-hmm. relevant today. Still talks to us. Exactly, very much. How old do you think the protagonist in Winterreise is? How how old do you see yourself when you sing that? Well, that's, uh, that's interesting. Young enough to have dark hair still that can go grey. Can go grey, yeah. Mm-hmm. But in a sense, because... Spending this, this this last these last few months with the Miller and being very specific about a person and where he is by a mill stream and and, and very specific about the girl he sees. This uh, she's not exactly described, but she does appear as a figure. Now in Winterreise, the camera seems to be removed in a way. It becomes almost like a, a, a I don't know a, a dreamlike state in which it's very difficult to turn and turn around and face into the, the face behind the camera and see exactly who you are. And I'm reminded, obviously, of Der Doppelgänger from Schwanengesang mm-hmm. as well, which has a similar mm-hmm. sort of um, camera effect, if you will. If I'm t- sorry to speak yeah. about these in modern visual terms, but but it, 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 you, you can imagine being a dr- in a dream, um, having an effect on things and people around you, and always wanting to be able to turn around and look in a mirror and see who you are. But I think that is in some ways impossible. So it's it's very difficult for me to answer your question in terms of an age of, oh, I think he's a, he's a young man or he's a post-adolescent or uh, early 20s or whatever want to put it. I have trouble feeling that he's a proper human being at all. He's a, a sort of, I don't know, some sort of ghostly entity. It's only when you get to the last song, Der Leierman, that you that that another person... Human interaction. Enters, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah, enters the frame. The Leierman doesn't seem to see me speaking to him. I ask him a question at the end, he doesn't give an answer because I'm not sure that he hears the question. Which, as I say, I'm not sure to what extent I'm 
corporal still. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it puts me in a very weird place. We looked at that second of the three. Yeah. And we looked, we came to Mullerin last. And in actual fact, we're going to perform them at the Wigmore in reverse order, the order we, we have just uh, prepared them. And that was a happy accident to him, just by the way, the, the order in which promoters had, had booked us so far. But I think it's very interesting having arrived now at the young chap with a cycle that's got a, a tangible thread to it, mm-hmm. a before, middle, and after. And it's very easy for me. As I said, I've been enjoying it so much. So it's really something for me to hold on to. It's going to be interesting to go backwards then into Winterizer yeah. and get lost in that again. Yeah. And then Schwanengesang Beyond. Yes. I mean, there, there's... The bleakness yeah. of those Heine songs. Yes, yes. There is even less to hang on to there. Mm-hmm. And also because the Heine songs and the Rellstab songs and this, this last, um, the Tarpenposter's Idol poem, because they are unrelated... I mean, at least on paper, as it were, they're unrelated. You can find the threads. But because they're, they're unrelated, it makes that sense of discontinuity. Is that a word even? Even stronger. It, it's, I find it really hard to find my way through in the small number of times that I performed them without any other intervention. Yeah. So, for example, you and I have just done a version of it in which you, you had written your own text in between them yeah. a sort of a very interesting reflection on the poems and the music by characters yeah. across the centuries but uh, it's very different doing them without any yes without gaps. any attempts to give them context yeah and particularly the high having having those very boiled down super yeah. concentrated yes Heine songs together yes i mean that puts a big pressure on you i think in terms of Sustaining that yeah. bleakness. I'm not. Uh, uh, yeah. It, yes. I think. I think you're right. Beckett's like. Yes. It's at least. I mean, with the exception of Ear Built, the second song of the Heiners, um, uh, which just you give me two notes and then we're in. You know, mm-hmm. two B flats and then we're in. Um, apart from that, at least you do paint the picture for me before I come in. Even Der Doppelganger, where you give me yeah. four chords and then, and then I'm in. But those four chords, there's a lot of time because they're very slow. Yeah. But also they have so much um, import. Yeah. You know, you're giving me a frame That's in which true. I can which I can climb into. So, um, so it, it, so when you're saying it's difficult for me to to sustain that, um, it, it, actually I hand that over to you. You're the person who helps me do that um, in in the, in the piano part. And it's it's an obvious thing to say, but also you give me in all three of these cycles, you give me the links from song to song. You deal with the time frame between them, and you make the judgment of. Do we go on now, or do we let? That's true in the terms of the go. continuity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's one of the interesting bits of decision making, I think, yes. actually. And I think it's good to not always keep that rigidly the same, either. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I think we go with the flow. I mean, goodness. I mean, I'm I'm concentrating so hard at the moment. Um, I, I I don't really. I'm not really alert to the span of time. Because you're, you're you're in motion, as it absolutely. were. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, with all three of the cycles, but particularly with Miller and just recently, um, I have a, an idea that uh, about halfway through, oh, that was song ten. Gosh, imagine. <laughs> Are we there already? Yes, exactly. It feels like three yeah. minutes as far yeah, as I'm no, concerned. No, that's true. Yes. That's true. Do you? It, I, I'm not quite sure. We've got a particular answer, but do you know how we're performing Schwanengesang? Are we doing it on its on its own or anything with it? I wonder, because. Because the thing about Schwanengesang not being a cycle in any sense 
is that um, it makes for a very short and odd-shaped evening, doesn't it? it does. If you present it on its own. Yeah. And I know there's so many different ways yeah. to try and cope with that. And, and you know, it may well be that as we get towards we'll the just, concert, we no, think... We just do that in its own as, a, yes, it, yes. as an intense experience. Absolutely. Because I, I certainly felt um, with each one of these cycles that there is no comeback at the end. There's no encore. No. Um, the Taubenpost is the encore for Schwan and That's true. And at the end of Intermezzo... And you certainly can't follow that. He didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I've actually grown really used over the last couple of years to singing my program yeah. as printed in, in the material and at the end walking off because I'm exhausted. Yeah, of course you are. Yeah. And you too, I presume. Have you... Elated, I think. <laughs> While you've been preparing these, Roddy, I know you spend a lot of time um, on the road traveling and you use that time very fruitfully. So when you're not composing your own music, um, <laughs> are you listening to recordings of these? I thought you meant when composing when I'm on stage. You mean, <laughs> in other words, going slightly no, wrong from the Schubert. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Though those moments are very few and far very between. Few, I want to put that yeah. on record. But uh, talking of records, have you been influenced by any particular performances or how does that work? Um, well, I think... To a certain extent, at the beginning of my preparation, I try to avoid listening to uh, performances, particularly iconic performances. So you're not too directly exactly. influenced? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not least because also the other thing about being intimidated by these cycles is the knowledge that have been done so often by so many artists that you can't help but think, well, what have I got to offer? Yeah. You know, Every time I look at any of these pieces and think, oh, what if I accentuate that word, maybe just miss out that breath, go over that phrase, this will be something really exciting and new. And then you put on a recording and someone's, of course, someone's done it. Someone's, someone's yeah. thought to come in really loud and expressive there or maybe keep this, this particular phrase really pianissimo. I think that's amazing. Amazing that I thought of that. And then and guess what? Is. Yeah. But it's yeah. not really about that, is it? Because it's, it's not a competition. No, it, it isn't. And that's one of the things I've begun to learn, actually. Yeah. Um, so that a second process for me after having learnt the pieces uh, as best I can and done that as it were blindly mm -hmm. so that I can then feel at least some ownership of them then I have listened to more recordings and that process is partly so that once I've got it under my belt I can then be reminded of it okay. it's a very speedy way for me as you say particularly when I'm traveling yeah. Yeah, exactly. and, and to use dead time as well exactly yeah. exactly if I'm driving then yeah. I've got part of my brain yeah. that can concentrate on it and it's yeah. it's the part also that you want to be almost automatic yeah that as I You're feeding yeah. your subconscious yeah. exactly, um, so actually in Muller and just uh, just talking about that because that's the most recent one for me. I have three recordings loaded up to be able to go back to at any time. Uh, Robert Murray and Andrew West, very good, because um, uh, partly because they're friends of mine, and also because Rob and I had a wonderful chat at the beginning of the year about this. I had known that he'd worked at it very hard himself. And I wanted to talk to him about it. And he was really wonderful in a proper anorak sort of way, <laughs> sitting on a sofa at New Year's Eve with a couple of beers in hand, just just really talking about it. I, I asked him for a route map through, and he gave me some really helpful advice, which appears, should it be of interest on my blog site? Oh, have we? Did I mention? Did I not mention that yet? Oh, goodness. Uh, it doesn't usually take this long. Yeah, I mean, so. It's extraordinary, isn't it? But it, 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 I have been blogging about this. So, so the detail of what, yeah, some of the detail of there. what we said about it. And there, it's a very yeah. interesting story. It's, actually, it's, yeah. just, it's just useful for that. So, so there's Rob and Andrew West on, on that. I've also got Jonas Kaufmann and Helmut Deutsch. The three recordings I have got, which I will come to mention, are all tenors. 
um, which is useful to me. Um, oh, so who's the third? There's Rob Jonas. And there is also um, Mauro Peter. Oh, yeah. Swiss German tenor, with whom I happen to be working at the moment on Die Zauberflöte. Um, yeah. So it's very nice to meet him and be able to fawn at his feet and say how he's helped me so much. But they are all three tenors, and um, which gives me, for one thing, gives me a much brighter, higher sound frame in my mind, yeah. which has helped me definitely uh, yeah, in thinking about it. Yeah. Although I won't attempt in any of their keys. So it gives me that, that well, sense of you youth also as well. And you also bypass bar- baritone envy yes. or baritone... Yes you know comparing yes yes exactly and the temptation even from a technical point of view to begin copying yeah. placements that yeah. other baritones might use in, yeah. in certain keys and of course none of the three tenors that i've just mentioned need to transpose they think so they're all doing original keys, exactly right? yeah and whereas the transpositions that we've discussed we've yeah. found we've evolved yeah, yeah. exactly mm-hmm. um uh, it is, has suited my voice yeah. and just means i can get to the end in one piece which is <laughs> oh, <that> is. <laughs> it's not a competition you say but getting to the end is a, is it's a good not irrelevant thing. yeah yeah <laughs> but all three of those and of course the pianists as well helmut deutsch accompanies both maro peter and jonas kaufman oh, yeah. uh, but plays differently yeah for the different voices indeed and, uh, part of the job, yeah, part of the skill. Yes, and, and it gives me a chance also to um, concentrate more on the piano part because I'm, I'm always aware when we've worked together so much, yeah. I, I'm aware that you, you do magical things on the piano and then I start singing and I, I, I know you're there and you support beautifully but I don't hear so much yeah. detail. Yeah. It's when I hear back to recordings. And we, we have a long recording history together, you and I, but particularly in English but not just in English. And it's... Always a shock to me when I listen to the first edits to hear what you've been doing <laughs> underneath the, the, the clarity and the detail uh, in your playing. It's 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 a surprise, and I just think, what was I, where was I during the? <laughs> well, you had other things yeah. to think about. I mean, I take that as a great compliment because I think the better I'm doing my job, the less you should be aware of me. And in, in many ways, I don't think I don't I don't want to be waving a hanky saying, "Look at me over here." I think it's, I think I take that as a as an endorsement, actually. So. And, and and it's and it's meant as well. But also, but what you say is that, that this might sound weird as well. But even as a singer, I don't want to be waving the hanky too much either. No. So it's a lovely it's chamber idea. music. It's chamber music, yeah. exactly. And it's wonderful to let the music speak as much yeah. as possible. If if anyone listening to this doesn't recognise that part of my performance at all, I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they just see a singer singing and waving a handkerchief, and maybe so. But but it's a lovely idea to think that. As part of this exploration, you and I can both get out of the way a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And and, and yeah. see what comes off the page. But it's it's been a wonderful collaboration over many years leading up to this point, isn't it? It has. Yeah. It has. We've we've never had a punch up yet, I don't think. <laughs> no. In fact our rehearsals are um are swift and to the point. Yes, and they don't contain very much talking. I think if yeah. I think if audience members were eavesdropping, I think they'd maybe be surprised how how little we actually discuss. Yeah. Because we're both talkers, as this podcast shows, yep. and yet I think the interesting work is done by listening and adapting and yes. a bit of touchy feely as we go along, rather than yeah, yes, and and also because we know we have a number of performances in the diary. Yeah, that's also actually true. a lot of that. That it that can be content. an evolution. I mean, I I have to confess now, in terms of what we we're saying earlier on about um, admitting to lovers and all that sort of stuff, I have been two timing you just recently. You've been faithless, yeah, I have, have you? been okay. uh, faithless just recently with the lovely uh, Julius Drake, and uh, and actually, okay, confession time now with Winterreiser beforehand. There were many other pianists. I'm sorry, Ian. What can I tell you? But I got to let you know now, and so to which Franinger's So I've been very uh, promiscuous. But one thing I've learnt 
and it was again quite a shock to me is to what extent you different pianists invest your personality in your playing in this music we, because I've sung for some some of the Vaughan Williams that you and I have done yeah. together many times the Finns have done yeah. together I've done with different pianists but somehow and I don't know why this is but somehow there seems slightly less that's interesting. room yeah. to be as individual from, from as you well. yeah that's yeah. very interesting so even for example a Schubert tempo choice like um, I don't know nicht langsam or yeah. ziemlich langsam can mean different quite things quite slow yeah. Yeah. And then it's questions of touch and pedaling and other things that I know slightly less about just mean that I'm, I'm staggered by the difference. In does that distract place. you when you're saying No, it? the absolute opposite. It it's been a gift you. yeah, yes, every yeah. time. It's, it's, and do you feel you sing differently as a consequence? Yes, I might not be aware actually yeah. to the extent, but yeah. certainly the conversation I'm having in my head or the conversation that goes between singer and pianist that we were just talking about yeah, yeah, in yeah. our rehearsals, that is a beautiful chamber music conversation. Mm -hmm. And um, each of the pianists I've worked with has been sweet enough not to be didactic, um, even though some of the pianists, Julius, for example, the one I've just mentioned re recently, he's played this many times, recorded it with Ian Bostridge so many times. And, and Well, no, I mean, he's performed it yeah. with him. Yeah, yeah, recorded it with him. But um, he didn't say over the last however many years i found that this tempo is the best tempo for this yeah. piece in fact the reverse he he played one of the songs and said no i think that's too fast he said and he just stopped and said no i think i should play it this i thought you would have he, he would have come up with his perfect tempo by now yeah, yeah. but what is really appealing yeah, is that he still asks himself the question flexible well yeah. i think that's the way we all keep it fresh as well yes yes not to pickle it yeah in aspic yes <laughs> well i hope there's and, no and to be fresh to collaboration i mean i think yeah. if you're not open to that then you're in the wrong job because if you if you ever think you have got the perfect tempo then yes i think yes to set the metronome off as yeah, exactly. we started Why would you? Why yes. would you? And, and just as we're here at the wigmore hall i was also a part of christopher glynn's program of performing these in, tra in, in oh, yes, english right, translation so jeremy sams had come up with singing translations of all these three pieces and it fell to me to sing uh, winter journey yeah. uh, toby spence was uh, singing the miller's maid mm -hmm. and um sir john tomlinson was singing swan song now chris did admit that playing for john tomlinson in a leader recital was a different style of accompanying completely and right. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it there. So I've only had it described to me by those who were in the room. A thing of epic of beauty. Majesty. Majesty, exactly. Yeah. And I know, I mean, I've recorded, with Chris, The Wind's Journey, so I know that the plan is for the, the other two to record those two. So there will at least be a, a record of it. But it, I think it's just seeing Sir John on the stage downstairs. Um, I think Chris did say he didn't really need to um, hold back, shall we no, say. No, yeah, no. just glorious. <laughs> no, not, not much una corda. No, not much una corda required. Yeah, yeah. yes, indeed. Uh, oh, to have been there. But um, it, since this, has, this project has started in the last three years or so, have you worked with any other singers on the... Uh, not on these, actually, have I? No, I've been faithful to you. Oh. Oops, I've been I've been monogamous. Yes, the but I mean we're all we're all terrible tarts in the broader <laughs> sense, and we all respond to commercial realities. No, I've indeed, been I've indeed. been doing other things with other people, but yeah. no, I don't think I might. Let me just quickly go through the hard drive of the computer here. No, I think I've I think in, I certainly haven't shown the Miller into. No, I've been a good boy. I think, yeah. um, but it has been interesting. And also, just going back to the whole recording thing, 
I mean, I, I share a quite similar outlook to you in that I don't like to be directly influenced. But it is once you're comfortable with something or maybe once you've put something away for a while, it, it can be very useful, I think, to hear other, other performances. And I have always found it inspiring to hear some of the greats. And of course, in this Schubert repertoire, you also have luminary solo pianists playing this stuff yes. as well as yes. the uh, collaborative community, shall we say. And... I can just think of individual songs in Schwanengesang in particular where where there's rather more pianism, if you like, yes, in some yes. than in in the sparer textures of the others. But I, I, I can think of a, hearing a couple of luminary pianists where I just think I hear a sound that they make and it's just sort of set something off in my imagination. It's just been so beautiful, so striking, or so pianistically interesting that you think, oh, yeah. And it's not a question of copying it, yes. but I think it all goes into the melting pot. Yes, yeah. And and I think, again, now that I'm no longer the age of the protagonist in Schindemirren, you know, I, I'm I'm not going to... I could be practicing all day, every day. I'm not going to suddenly wake up and be Andras Schiff or Alfred Brendel. I'm, I'm quite comfortable with that reality. Uh, but it doesn't mean I can't be inspired by them and then go away and explore on my own. And I think, I think you know, just as if you were an actor and you were taking on King Lear or Prospero or whatever, I, at a certain point you think, okay, there are these greats, but, yes. you know, let's have a shot. Why yes, not? yes. And and still come up with your with with something that feels like you. Well, well, exactly. And even if you you know if if you were trying to emulate any of your baritonal colleagues, which I know you're not, but even if you tried to, you never would. You would mm. still be you, mm. mm-hmm. and I'm still me. So yes, yes. This is also going in a Beckett Samuel Beckett direction, <laughs> but I suppose the punchline is that these great towering masterpieces are there to be tackled, embraced, and loved, and you know. We've got as much right to do it as anyone. Yes, and 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 one has to forget the idea of posterity. I don't know if I've ever really meant it in those terms, but I know there are some recordings. I'm thinking of Britain and Piers, for example. Actually, that, that come to mind is when I mentioned iconic recordings. Yeah. There are some out there that people will always turn to, and other people, of course, mention Fisher Discal to me. It's often they just come up to me after a concert and say. I heard Fisher Discow sing that. Yeah. Fortunately, they don't then continue the sentence to say, and your performance was, you know, whatever. Uh, but actually, I realise that part of it is just they want to let me know that, yeah. actually. And that's, that's rather wonderful. They know these icons, yeah. yeah. Which, and I never heard Fisher Discow say, I never heard him sing live, actually. Uh, it was a great uh, regret, but there you are. But it, it, I suppose there are some, some composer pianists as well who recorded this. Has, has Tom Adders has Thomas Adders done? Uh, they recorded it. Yeah, I know oh. they've performed it. Yeah, yeah done it. yes. Because then you, ha- you have the mind going double speed in the piano as well as they're thinking I'm voicing this like a composer. And or, g- didn't uh, Britain famously annotate his copy with orchestral markings? You know, flute, oboe over oh, certain things. Just suggestions. I just had the thing that was so. But uh, yeah. So Roddy, we've got these three performances coming up: November, March, and May. How do you think you'll feel? Once you've finished Die Taubenpost on May the 16th. <laughs> Elated, uh, hugely relieved, I'm hoping by that point, but also aware that it's not the end of the journey by a long way. I know I've got future performances. I know we've got future performances of any of these pieces, and it's it just now will, will, give, will then will give me the idea that I can take it further. Uh, I know I've got some projects to continue singing them in English, mm-hmm. and... 
this is a project that never finishes. Yeah, the road goes on. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. And if any of our doughty audience has been with us for all three parts of this trilogy, can one put into words how, how we'd like them to feel at the end? Well, it's a strange thing, isn't it? Because, you know, particularly with Winterreiser and with Yushina Mullerin, which end so tragically, both of them. Um, tragic is, is, is not quite the right word to describe the position you feel at the end of both of those cycles, but it'll do for now. There's a stunned silence at the end of these performances. And then in those moments I've been able to meet people afterwards, we're slightly at a loss of what to say to each other. Mm-hmm. But just recently, people do come up to me afterwards and say, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, It seems such an odd thing because we're all of us, audience, pianist and singer alike, we're, we're wasted at the end of that, completely exhausted. Yeah. And if we've done it right. If we've done it right, yeah. yes. yeah. And, and I feel very hollow at the end of these yeah. um, the performances because it's... That takes a lot out of you. Yeah, I can it see does, that. it yeah. does. But I don't know, there is a shorthand for, for the experience, which is, I've enjoyed it. I really enjoyed that. They say as they wipe tears out of their eyes, uh, if we've done it, if we've done it right. Well, Rod, I'm going to end by asking you to read out the dates yes. of these performances. Yes. So people can whack out the credit cards and, and, and do the needy. Cross-check them with my own diary and make yeah, sure that make I got sure this that right. Just make sure that you're not yes. in Bognor Regis that night. Exactly. So, so far, we've got, we start with the Schoener Miller Inn, which is on the 27th of November, and that's this year, this autumn. And then the beginning of next year, we have a Winterreiser on the 29th of March, suitably. Still winterish yes, still, still wintry. It'll be raining that day, uh, snowing. And then we finish with Schwanergesang on the 16th of May as we head into spring. <laughs>